Welcome to Canaan Bound Podcast, episode number 36. My name is Philip Wells, and it is my privilege to be your host for this episode. We begin this week with God's Word for You with Pastor Timothy Smith. God's Word for You, Job 10, verses 18 to 22. Why then did you bring me out of the womb? I wish I had died before any eye saw me. If only I had never come into being, or had been carried straight from the womb to the grave. Are not my days, are are not my few days almost over? Turn away from me so I can have a moment's joy before I go to the place of no return, to the land of gloom and deep shadow, to the land of deepest night, of deep shadow and disorder, where even the light is like darkness. Job has examined his actions and he can't find any reason for his suffering. Job knows that God is almighty, and he knows that God is good, but he can't make those two facts account for his troubles and his suffering. He had already questioned why God would make a human being only to suffer, and he wishes, he prays, that his suffering would come to an end. Almost in desperation, he begins to retrace his earlier arguments, He races back to the day of his birth and traces the events backwards and starts forward again, all the while wishing he had died along the way. Why was I even born? Why couldn't I have died first? If only my birth had never happened or that I died soon after. So Job was left wishing and praying that God's almighty, omniscient gaze would turn away from him. He longs for the grave and he describes his idea of death, what the body experiences before the resurrection He wants to be in the place of no return, the dark, dark chaos of death where there is deep shadow and disorder. Job's poetry grasps at four different words for darkness in verses 21, 22. There is choshek, the gloom or darkness of night or the hopelessness of a lost battle in Ezekiel 30, 18. There is tsalmavit, the deep shadow or shadow of death in the 23rd Psalm. There is ephah, the deepest night before there's any hint of dawn in Amos 4.13. And finally, there is Ophel, the deepest darkness of the blind in Deuteronomy 28, imagined only of the underworld, as in Jeremiah 2.31. That's the darkest darkness of the tomb or the deepest mine under the earth and those dark places of the heart where, as we hear in Psalm 11, the, the wicked shoot from the shadows. Job knows full well that death is the end of our existence on earth. Job's suffering is physical in every way, and his death will bring his physical suffering to an end. Christ's victory over death means that all our suffering in life will come to an end in death, and that even the oblivion of death will come to an end on the last day, so that what we have in heaven is a new beginning, a life without any pain, eternity without any suffering at all. Hell, on the other hand, will be suffering and pain without the oblivion or release of death. Imagine the agonies of Job, but without end. Hell isn't just that the suffering has no end in sight, but that the suffering has no end possible. Our rest in heaven is assured through life and the, through the life and death of Jesus Christ, an eternity of joy and peace with no temptation, no regret no guilt and no end and no darkness of any kind we will have eternal life and the proof is the resurrection of Jesus himself he was first and we will follow him in Christ I'm Pastor Tim Smith this is God's word for you 
And now, My Hope is Built by Koine. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare to make no other claim but only lean on Jesus' name, on Christ the solid rock. I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. His lovely face I rest on His unchanging grace In every high and stormy gale My anchor holds within the veil On Christ the solid rock I stand All other ground is sinking sand His oath, His covenant and blood Support me in the raging flood When every earthly prop gives way He then is all my hope and stay On Christ the solid rock I stand All other ground is sinking sand Shall come with trumpet sound. Oh, may I then in him be found, both in his righteousness alone, faultless to stand before his throne. Oh, Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Next up, we have Freedom in Christ with Pastor Mark Falk. Only by faith. We who are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners know that a man is not justified by observing the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus, that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by observing the law. Because by observing the law, no one will be justified. Galatians 2, 15 to 16, NIV, 1984. What terrific irony! God had given the Jewish people, the children of Israel, a law that served as a fence between them and, quote unquote, Gentile sinners. Most of the Jews at any time in history had not only chafed under the law, they had missed all the shadows of Christ. Those who faithfully did all the sacrifices and had to do them again and again, day after day and year after year, should have seen that a better, permanent, final sacrifice and payment for sin must come. But the law led to an outward display of righteousness that did not match their sinful hearts. They kept it in a fashion, but their hearts were as sinful as those of Gentile sinners. If one was a true Jew, or today a true Christian, there ought to have been a difference. The Holy Spirit works holiness in those he calls into faith. 
The label Gentile sinners is not not altogether undeserved. Apart from God, all people are utterly sinful. True Jews, believers in the coming Messiah, were different, though never perfect and without sin of their own. And here's the irony. Those who had been totally hemmed in by and sometimes obsessed with the law, Jews by birth, had come to understand the true and hidden meaning of the covenant that mandated so much shedding of blood at the temple. Paul and other Jewish followers of the way understood and rejoiced that a man is not justified by observing the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. In its most precise form, redemption and then salvation consists of this. God declares his holy son guilty of all the world's sin, and Jesus pays that price by a sinless life and holy death on the cross. At the same time, God justifies, declares to be just, right, holy, innocent, not guilty, the whole world of sinners. Jesus is guilty, the world is not. This is God the Father's judgment. Our guilt is laid on Jesus. His innocence becomes ours. For this to be our personal possession requires faith. But this too, God freely gives us. Our hearts are born with law in them. From the beginning, God has written a form of his law on the human heart. It is there to guide us. But most of all, it is there to reveal sin. His written law is necessary because our sinful hearts can, one, make excuses, or two, become so obsessively wrapped up in being good that we despair when we find that we cannot be good. God can and does use our despair of keeping the law to turn us from law people who strive and strive and fail and fail to gain heaven into people who live in grace and by faith. Think of the tax collector at the back of the temple or Zacchaeus in the tree at Jericho. Both of these were thirsting forgiveness in the, for the day in the day of Jesus and both received it. Then there is the immoral woman in Samaria, married four times and living with the fifth. She too received from Jesus more than water at the town well. But our opinial legus, obsession with the law, lives on and it must be rooted out with daily repentance. Then our hearts are turned to grace, to Christ, and to life. We are personally just and justified before God. We sinners have received God's declaration of innocence in Christ. And now we join Pastor David Beckman with a passage in prayer. John 14, 2 and 3 In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, so that you also may be where I am. Lord Jesus, most of us value our own place. Many of us go into debt to own our dream house. We do yard work, we remodel, we put in endless hours to make a house our home. But it won't last. It's all part of our decaying world. Give us a proper perspective on what our real and lasting home is. How exciting that you, Lord Jesus, are there now preparing a perfect place for us to live forever. 
It's hard to imagine what that place will be like. It probably won't need paint and the faucets won't leak. Most importantly, you will be with us and we will be with you. Let that promise fill each day with joy. Fill us with the daily excitement of having you welcome us into heaven's door, eager to point out to us the perfect place you are now preparing for us. Give us confidence that we won't be turned away, for your perfect life and death have made us fit to be your guests, and your resurrection has made possible life with you in heaven's forever. And yes, Lord, we can't wait to see how you are decorating the place, how beautiful it must be. We look forward to going home soon. Come and take us there, Lord Jesus. Amen. And now, Pastor Aaron Nitz would like to share with us moments with the Master. Hello. The portion of God's Word that we're considering is from the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. It's part of the, the great Pentecost account when um, God the Holy Spirit was outpoured on his, on his people. This is what it says. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, What does this mean? Have you ever tried talking with someone who spoke a different language, one that you have never learned? It probably involved a lot of hand signals, frustration, and confusion. It likely left both of you irritated, upset, and unsure of what was actually spoken. There's a certain familiarity, relief, and comfort in hearing one's own language, isn't there? Well, on Pentecost, the Holy Spirit enabled the disciples to speak in different languages, ones that they had never learned. But why? Because everyone there was just as important to the Holy Spirit as the next person. Because the Holy Spirit wanted each person there to know the most important thing, that Jesus had lived, died, and rose for them. So the best possible way to share the good news in this instance was to enable the disciples to speak in languages they'd never learned. Well, you know what? If you had been there, one of the languages the disciples would have spoken would have been English. Why? Because you're just as important to God as those people back then, and the Holy Spirit wants you to know the most important thing in life, that Jesus lived, died, and rose for you. So in your life, the Holy Spirit found a way so that you would hear, know, and be convinced of the truth that Jesus lived, died, and rose for you. What amazing grace the Holy Spirit wants you to know it. I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit's work in my life, and so are you. God's blessings on your day. Joining us now is Pastor Tom Barthel with the Canaan Bound Devotion. Too good to be true. Genesis 18, 9 to 15. Where is your wife, Sarah? They asked him. There in the tent, he said. Then the Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent, which was behind him. And Sarah and Abraham were already old and well advanced in years. And Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, After I am worn out and my master is old, why now have this pleasure? Then the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, 
where I really have a child now that I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she lied and said, I did not laugh. But he said, Yes, you did laugh. Sarah is staying in the tent at the heat of the day, but she couldn't help but listening to the conversation of these visiting strangers. When she heard them foretell the future, and that they included her having a son within a year, she found it ridiculous to think about. She laughed at the idea. The Lord asked why Sarah laughed. You can imagine her fear as she realized these were not ordinary men. The Lord knew that she had laughed. What else did he know about her? She lied, I did not laugh. The truth is laid out by the one who knows all things. Yes, you did laugh. You ever get that sinking feeling when you are caught in a lie? A lie is never really a lie in the end. We can lie to each other. Children can lie to their parents. Parents can deceive their children. Husbands and wives can lie to the one who ought to be their closest friends. But you can't lie to God. Every word, every thought lies plain before him. He knows our actions. He sees all we do. He even knows what lies within our hearts and our deepest yearnings, our thoughts. We can reflect back on every deception we've ever tried. It didn't work on him. Sarah was trying to cover her shame, but she didn't have to. God didn't lash out in anger at her foolish laughter, nor did he get back at her for her attempt to deceive him. He only confronts her for her lie, but the promise he gave remains untouched and true. A son was born to her, and the promise of the one born from the line of Abraham who would bless this world of deceivers also held true. The Christ was born to cover all lies and to bear the curse of every deception, every falsehood, every laugh at God. There are some in this world who would still laugh at such an awesome thing. They laugh at the idea that God would give such blessing when we, like Sarah, are not able to obtain it in a natural way. But God's love for them, for you, and for me, we know is in Christ Jesus. Yes, it's too good to be true. But God never lies. And now I'd like to share with you a update from the Wells Mission blog. This post was first published on August 14 of 2013, and it's titled, Jesus to the Rescue. Trinity and St. Lucia recently held their second vacation Bible school this year. Listen to how they are reaching children on their island with the gospel of Jesus. VBS Trinity St. Lucia hosted their second vacation Bible school this year. The theme this year was Jesus to the Rescue. As we focus on God's rescue, rescue teams from the community were also asked to give a presentation. St. Lucia Helicopter Service, St. Lucia Lifeguarding Association, the Royal St. Lucian Police Force, the Royal St. Lucian Fire Service, and the St. Lucian Ambulance Service were all asked to give a presentation and demonstration of their rescue equipment. Choice Television came and did a story on our Vacation Bible School. We were able to stress Jesus to our rescue and the valuable influence that grassroots programs like these have on the children of the St. Lucian Society. We had over 70 children in attendance and 25 helpers from Trinity Lutheran Church. Our youth group taught and ran the majority of the Vacation Bible School. A big thank you to all those churches, Sunday schools, and Lutheran grade schools who have donated money for our children's programs. 
We were able to purchase and decorate 80 t-shirts for the children. We were also able to feed the kids local juices and snacks every day. 2 Timothy 4:18. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. To read about soccer camp, other missions, or to leave a comment on any of these stories, visit blogs.wells.net slash missions. We end today with a second Koine song, God's Word is Our Great Heritage. God's Word is our great heritage And shall be ours forever To spread its light from age to age Shall be our chief endeavor through life it guides our way in death it is our stay Lord grant while worlds endure we keep its teachings pure through been listening to episode 36 of Canaan Bound Podcast. This podcast was first shared in August of 2013. Once again, we would like to thank Koine for sharing their music with us this week. To find links to Koine's music and other artists featured in this podcast, visit CanaanBoundPodcast.com. Once again, my name is Philip. It really was a privilege to be your host for this episode. We encourage you to visit wells.net to find a Wells ministry location near you. Thank you for listening, and may God bless your week.